0: point three and it's going to be the last episode of 2016 uh and luckily we will be finishing a game in 2016 and that uh that is the continuation and the ending of danganronpa 2 goodbye despair uh, drew how many games have you guys done phoenix down this year i'm actually curious you know, that's a good question that I don't mm-hmm. necessarily have the answer to. As uh, well,
1: yes, just come back to it later. But I'm uh, I'm curious to know because I know you guys did a lot of a lot of different games this year.
0: Yeah, um, we it was the year of the RPG, and mm-hmm. because of that, we couldn't get that many games in. But um, we did do a good amount here. Let me see. I can bring it up here. Um, it's gonna
2: at least seven.
0: Uh, yeah, at least at least seven. Be. I can look at my finished games of twenty sixteen because <laughs> I don't have that many.
1: Do you have a like a
0: side thing for Phoenix Down games or is it just in there? No, we, we have a we have a Phoenix down list as well. Um let's see here. The first game we did this year was uh The Witcher Two Assassins of Kings. Mm, yes. Uh then we still did... have
2: to follow up. Maybe twenty seventeen?
0: Yeah, maybe. I I've said it before on the show. I am so fucking excited to play The Witcher Three. When the fuck am I ever going to do it? <laughs> it's such a good game.
1: I, 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 I don't. I don't have anything negative to say about Witcher Three at all. It's just a fantastic game. Uh, um, with all the expansions and everything, it's just better than ever.
0: I already have the expansion. I have both expansions. I am good, good to fucking go. All I got to do is sit down and actually fucking play it. The thing that's is, what, that's what you should
1: have done during the Christmas uh, break start, man. You should have just gone in there.
0: I, you know, I was I was flirting around with that idea, but it's, it's still, I'd, I'd still be playing it until February, you know. Probably, yeah. Um, the 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 thing is, is with The Witcher Three, and I didn't want to do it for Phoenix Down because it's an open world game, and there's just so much in there, and mm-hmm. it would be really hard to talk about on on a podcast like that. Um, but yeah, we did The Witcher Two. Uh, Then we did Persona 4 Golden. Uh, Then we moved on to Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning. Uh, Then Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel. Uh, Rogue Galaxy. Eternal Darkness, Sandy's Requiem. Then me and John did Mass Effect. And now we are doing Danganronpa 2, Goodbye, Despair. Yeah, you you Uh, took on some hefty RPGs for sure. It took a lot of time. Yeah, the, both Legend of Heroes and Rogue Galaxy took us a, a good long time. Not to mention Persona, <laughs> Persona Four. Oh yeah,
2: which yeah, sixty three hours for Persona and sixty six for Tres of Cool
0: Steel. I, I yeah. want to say Persona was the longest series we did, or it may have tied with Dragon Age Origins. That's the one you guys did with um, Sophie, Sophie. Was it? Yeah, yeah. Sophie did all okay. the Dragon Ages with us. Um, and Jamie played along with us as well. Um, that's, oh man, I'm trying to imagine. That's a, like, oof. That's not that many games, you know, when you think about but it. Well,
1: that's a lot of, a lot of hours, though. That's a
0: shit ton of hours, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, we're going to polish off this last one, which is, um, Danganronpa 2. What now? Just in the nick of time. Yeah, yep. right here at the end. We're recording on the 27th. And, uh, with only a few days left in the year, uh, it may not go, it it may go live Friday. I don't know. We'll see. Um, I'm, I'm sure I can convince Ken to just, you know, take 10 minutes out of your day, put up the picture and then put the (laughs) podcast on. I mean, surely we got it. Yeah. I'm
1: sure we can, we can pull them to do that for sure. Yeah.
0: But yeah, well, we, I think we've had a pretty good year. I mean, I finally beat Kingdoms of Amalur, which has been, you know, looming over me since that game came out.
1: And you guys finished Eternal Darkness, which was one of your also incomplete games as well, right? Yeah, from back in Game Club.
0: Yeah, there was, you go. It Good was the, vengeance. the game that killed Game Club. Zombie Frog <laughs> Game Club. Uh, but yeah, so um, let's see here. Uh, the last thing we left off was the beginning, or it was basically the beginning of Chapter 0, which was right after Chapter 5, um, where we entered the... Ancient ruins, uh, which we I believed to be the what the cla- the host academy actually was, uh, and we were experiencing these weird glitches all around. Uh, and when we went inside, there was a uh, kind of like a trial room, and um, we faded to black and went into what is chapter zero. Which chapter zero is not very long. In fact, it's just basically one long cutscene. And it's of an unknown person talking to Nagito, which seems to be they're on a boat traveling somewhere. And I'm trying to imagine what all went on in this conversation. I know that the person, whoever we are quote-unquote playing as, um, constantly refers to Nagito as very boring mm-hmm. and not worth his time. Um, and Nagito, I mean, is full blown fucking insane. Um, he, the big thing that, that struck me and what we will talk about a little later on, um, he, his hand or his arm has been replaced with a female arm. We can tell because of how slender it is, and it also has, um, um, like long fingernails that are painted. And we don't piece that together until a little bit later on any anything very important happen here?
1: No, you guess you just get a bit of this uh was it exposition about yeah. the person that's talking. You don't get to see that person's face at all, yeah. but um you know he says that he is someone that is beloved by talent as he so calls it. Uh, and they seem to be going somewhere, but you don't know
0: where that is and who this person is yet, but that's something to be revealed later down the line. Yeah. So um, then we skip ahead to Chapter 6, I guess. Is that what it's called? Is it called Chapter 6? Yeah, Chapter yeah. 6. And uh, we take back over the remaining survivors of this island tropical killing game, Um, and uh, we're not... We're not seeing the glitches of our our dead friends anymore. Um, although we do see some glitches, um, but we are in Hope's Peak Academy, uh, particularly starting at the top floor of Hope's Peak Academy, uh, and then we it's a,
2: it's a little bit awkward for me because I never got to see the top of
0: yeah mm-hmm. Peak Academy yeah
2: um yeah I need to go back and get up there,
0: and then we work our way down to eventually where we get to the trial room, but um while we're here all sorts of fucking weird shit's happening we we're we're seeing the fucking matrix and things are blinking in and out of existence and there's invisible doors that are keeping us from going places and it seems like we're almost being funneled somewhere mm-hmm.
1: like there's only one door you can go through at any time basically yeah and um well as you're entering this place and you're able to investigate the Hope's Peak Academy, as you kind of remember from the first game, Monokuma gathers everyone in the gymnasium and says, uh, we're going to do the graduation ceremony. But before we do that, you guys have to understand what kind of situation you guys are in first. And in order to do that, I'll let you guys go around this place, investigate, and go get at all the information that you can find. And everything that you find here will be true. But whether you believe it or believe me or not is up to you. So it just kind of lets Hajime, uh, Hajime, and everyone else go and uh, look for clues about what's really happening in this world and what might be happening to them as individuals. Right.
0: So um, I don't know if this comes in order. I, I'm guessing it does. But uh, Monokuma has basically created these mangas that detail things that happened in the past, uh, particularly what what exactly is the um, the host what actually happened at Hope Speak Academy as well as what the Future Foundation actually is. And we learned through a series of those as well as these floating emails that we see that um Hope Speak Academy um created they wanted they they started off wanting to recruit ultimates. Ultimate, you know, swimmer, ultimate, you know, traditional dancer, stuff like that. But what they wanted to do was study these people in order to create the ultimate hope. Somebody who had the, the talents of them all, who could bring hope to the world. And in doing so, they created this project. Um, and it was named after the founder of Hope's Peak Academy, who was Izuru? Mm-hmm. Izuru Kamakura. 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 Mm-hmm. And so they created this pro- project to basically create the ultimate, the ultimate. You know, it was the ultimate hope who could possibly have every talent known to man and something everybody could aspire to be. So someone basically,
1: like, superhuman without, like, actual superpowers, basically. Um, Because in this universe, someone with ultimate, uh, uh, what an ultimate talent is not just an exceptional human being that's just good at it. They're the best possible at that particular thing. So they exceed human limits. So try to uh, combine all these different types of talent into one person would be acceptably, like, creating what you could be see as superman yeah and they wanted to create this person but in order to do this they needed a lot of money they needed a lot of funding yeah and even though obviously this is the most prestigious of all all uh, academies you know they were recruiting the ultimates Uh, so they needed to bring in more funding so they decided to open the academy up to people with a lot of money and that's the Reserve Department was born where people can make sizable donations, pay a lot of money, get an exam uh you know, get like an exam for their kid or whatever, and they could get into the school and Just you know by the nature of how prestigious the academy is, if they graduated from here, they would be successful in life or so they were led to believe when they were uh, you know when they were joining, but their curriculum and everything was completely different from what the ultimates would have to do,
0: yeah. And you know, you bring up a good point there because that's when I started in chapter 6. Instead of me looking I've always found this it was a, it, I have to go even farther back. Um back in the day I used to uh I was a, I was a pretty big comic book guy. I was big into superhero stuff like that. And I watched anime too, but I kind of fell out of anime. And we were at a um we were at some kind of like uh it wasn't like a hobby story it was it, it they had all sorts of comic books anime you know uh manga all sorts of stuff like that and um I had watched a bunch of it before, but then we were talking about it, it was detective Conan hmm. um which I actually enjoy and if you think about the story of that, I was like, how weird is it you know, I mean, it's like this this weird anime goofiness that comes up from like this like a guy who got it, I can't remember how Detective Conan came about. It was like um he
1: uh, he was force fed uh, an experimental drug yeah. that was supposed to basically make him comatose or kill him one way or another, but it ended up having an effect of shrinking his body and kind of making him younger than yeah. he was so he went kind of went to where he was like a 7 or 8 year old yeah. from being like a
0: 16 17 year old kid yeah and uh, i was like that's that's so weird and you know it, it's like you don't see that anywhere else except in japanese like comics and stuff like that and my buddy who was with me he's like it's the same as if you got a guy who's from another planet who shows up and he's a superhero it's like it's just a different type of medium and I was mm-hmm. like, you know, I never thought of it that way. So basically, you know, I don't know, like Goku is basically a superhero, but from Japan kind of thing. And that's when I started looking at this. Instead of looking at these people like they were ultimates and who were just like, you know, regular ass people who had special talents. I started looking at them as kind of like superheroes in the making kind of thing. And um kind of like a, a superhero high school or something like that. And they were trying to recruit these people to create the ultimate superhero. And I started getting into that mentality while I was playing this chapter. And it started making sense for me because I guess I recognize superheroes more than I do anime characters. Right. And it kind of worked for me. And cause I was like, I, I still felt this weird disconnect of like, who cares if they're a fucking ultimate? I mean, it was like, what does that fucking mean? I was like, though that guy's super strong because he's, he's a fucking trainer or some shit. But then I was like, oh, well, he's probably super strong because he has, you know, superpowers or some shit. I started looking at it like that.
1: Yeah, to some degree, because if you look at all their ultimate talents, they're not all of them are useful. What the fuck is an ultimate traditional dancer just really, really good at traditional dancing? That's a very niche, very specific skill that's not really useful for anything in particular. That's not going to help you not get killed, right? Yeah. Or, you know, really survive in modern life if that, you know, form of art isn't really prevalent. So a skill isn't a skill because it's useful. A skill is skill because you're exceptionally good at it, Yeah. you know? and they, they're just they're just really good at certain things and that's that's what kind of makes them interesting to me is because they're not like sh- they're not like gods they they they're still human beings you know they still believe, they still die all the same uh but at the same time they may they have a certain element that kind of makes them exceptional whether that's useful or not yeah uh, to me i think the my my favorite superpower in general has always been luck and uh, One of the things that, uh, this was before I even ran into Rump. I felt like luck is possibly the most powerful superpower of them all. If you have the best, the most godly luck, let's say you have point zero 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 one percent chance to succeed in the situation. If you're that lucky, then you will always succeed. It would always turn in your favor. Let's say if Superman or Batman was trying to kill you. Batman's fucking belt would go haywire and he would end up exploding by himself because you're so goddamn lucky. Yeah. You know? And like shit like that. So I, I like these ideas, but when they're taken way too far to the extremes, I think they're they're a little harder to swallow. But like you said, it's all perspective.
0: Yeah. So um but yeah, back to the, the story itself. So they uh the Hope Speak Academy kinda had nefarious I started looking them, at them as kind of like the bad guy who was deceiving a bunch of people. Um, but I guess their intentions were good? Well, yeah. I mean they were trying to
1: make the ultimate hope, right? Meaning yeah. uh, a person so beneficial to mankind that you know they could like lead the next generation to a brighter future. Their intentions were good, but the way they were doing it is obviously very shady right so like they don't they don't go into specific details yet on how they went about uh cultivating these talents or how they decided to try to make this person into this ultimate being but it's nothing it's not it's not legal for sure and it's yeah. nothing uh yeah it's, it's nothing that they should be proud of
0: one of my favorite sayings is the path to hell is paved with good intentions indeed and that's exactly what happens in this case um because they do create uh the ultimate uh and they call him Izuru um what they didn't bank on was Izuru basically kind of going nuts and he kind of kickstarts the entire ultimate tragedy that happens by killing multiple students or no they kill he kills student council members
1: uh what happened is that at first yeah uh he he apparently killed 13 students yeah but the thing is this was supposed to be the ultimate hope for mankind this new being that they've created uh so they covered it up the the hopes academy you know themselves after they recovered they covered up the crime uh and then someone uncovered this fact of this cover-up and it always became a huge scandal and from there they they started a riot uh the the students in the reserve course and everyone else started right because let's say you went to like a university and then there was a fucking mass killing and they covered it up obviously people are going to be really pissed off right yeah you're, you're hiding the truth from them so there was a riot and from there there happened to be an event that they coined the biggest most awful most tragic event in human history where it was like dominoes wars uh, across the globe and this group uh, that coined themselves the ultimate despair centered around one particular individual came around and just started spreading discord and you know uh, chaos across the globe and just started a, just the apocalypse in a lot of ways that you could look at it yeah. you know just like the the way of life that you knew was basically gone after that point point.
0: and that one person who it all centered around, like who would have the power to to basically have people do this kind of thing at their own will. None other than the ultimate despair herself, Junko. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, I'm guessing Junco was the one who discovered the cover up and then used that to her advantage to basically show it out to everybody. Uh, that's implied
1: because they say that um, uh, you know the whole ultimate despair movement was started by her. Yeah. So obviously she need, she needed to have a pivotal role in the in the deal. But one of the things that really started the whole movement is uh, when apparently 2,357 students in Hope's Peak Academy committed mass suicide at once. Yeah. And that's something that you can't cover up. You know, no. that's, something, that's an international affair at that point. These people, these children, by the way, all from very, uh, very high prestigious families because they were rich enough to send their kids here, right? So imagine if the, all the billionaires around the world had their children killed in one mass killing. Think about how much chaos that would ensue. Yeah. You know, all these influential politicians and uh, you know, military people and everyone, they sent their kids out hoping that this academy would be good for them in the future, and then they get killed off there. So obviously this is this, – and that was just the beginning of it all.
0: And then um, thanks to the wonderful internet, stuff like this spread, propaganda spread as well, and the entire world kind of fell into chaos and – despair kind of reign supreme and that's kind of the origin story of how the tragedy started um but there are a few things that happened so after the rebuilding of society or attempting to rebuild society um because obviously we know junko did not survive the ordeal uh she was actually killed or well she killed herself but um she was beaten by the surviving students from Hope's Peak Academy, which we all know from the first game. Um, and that's when we find out who exactly the Future Foundation is. Is actually some of the remaining people who survived the first killing game. Um, who we can probably imagine would be, Makoto is one of them, probably uh, Kirigiri and uh, Byakuya. Bach, Bach oh God, I can't ever pronounce his name. Biakuya,
1: Biakuya, Byakuya.
0: Byakuya. Byakuya. There, there you go. go. Um, and uh, they created the Future Foundation in the hopes of rebuilding society. They're going to use their special talents to basically mm, bring that actually, back.
1: Actually, a small clarification is that they didn't create the Future Foundation. A Future Foundation existed before they did. They just joined it okay. after they got out.
0: Yeah. yeah. But they were hoping to use their talents you know, to rebuild society. Yeah, certainly. Um and uh through various emails, uh particularly some from Makoto himself, uh we learned that there was a group of people, you know, so we all know that there was a group of people that calling themselves the ultimate despairs, uh all being basically led by um uh Junto. The um and there was some that still remained uh throughout I guess the world, I don't know if they just spread throughout the world or whatever, but they were, they were eventually collected, uh, by the Future Foundation. And, um, they, they hoped to, um, well, originally I think they were all gonna kill them just to, to rid the world of despair. Um, but certain members of the Future Foundation decided that we could possibly save these people. Um, and man, a little bit later on, when you learn what these people did, yeah,
1: that's um, they
0: they're called the
1: after after Junko basically was killed, they they became known as the remnants of despair yeah. because you know they they are the, kind of like the stragglers that's left over, and we call them despair, but in essence, they're just terrorists, right? Yeah. They go around, they spread terror, they kill people, they do all sorts of really terrible things, bombings. Uh, manipulating other people to kill their family, friends and loved ones, and all the nasty things you can possibly think of they did, so they are like basically you know public enemy number one, and they managed to collect them but uh, according to the email uh, you know they they gave the uh, you know they they handed over these uh, remnants of despair they captured and they gave the authority over to makoto 's group you yeah. know makoto, Kirigiri, and them because obviously they were you know the survivors and they have some influence. And maybe they knew what to do with them because they were also from the same uh, school. Yeah. But the thing is, uh, there's one email that particularly says that um, Makoto was trying to protect the remnants of despair and that the Future Foundation was not in agreement. They wanted them back. They wanted to basically just kill them and just be rid of them. There's no redemption for these people, you know, after all the things that they've done. But Makoto, being the person that he is, thinks otherwise, apparently, uh. When you look at this particular email
0: yeah and uh so um we also learned that there is a um something in development um it's called the neo world program and the uh the neo world program was created uh, with the help of um the AI from the first game which was um uh, alter ego and the neo world program is kind of like a rehabilitation uh for possibly these, uh, these ultimate despairs. Um, because Junko basically brainwashed them into believing this and, uh, doing basically her bidding. And they think that they can possibly reverse that, that effect and make them the way they were before they was, were brainwashed. Um, so it's basically a virtual world where they are not to be that way by reverting to their previous selves. So
1: if you think about it in, let's say, software term, think about it as a rollback. Yeah. Right? So basically, you install the firmware, and shit was bad. Everything is wrong and everything is broken now but you roll back to an older firmware. in this case you roll back to a previous memory state where you didn't go through these experiences so by taking away a few years of a person's memory you can actually revert that person to being a completely different person from back then and you know from there you can kind of try to make new memories to make them turn out to be different people and then so that their memories kind of line, uh, uh, in, uh, realign in, realign with their actual bodies in the right uh, time frame, more or less, and it, and it's at this point where you actually encounter Alter Ego, yeah, which was the AI that was created by the ultimate programmer from Danganronpa One, who was um, ultimately uh, killed off, unfortunately. Was, but what Alter, was her e- name? Uh, I f- I forgot I forgot it's I forgot his C. name. Yeah, I forget. I should have uh, looked it up, but I forgot. But um, he, he he was the he was the very effeminate uh, like a he looked like a girl he wore like a skirt and he was very weak yeah. and uh, yeah he was, uh, he was uh I think he was the second person killed
0: right? Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be masked like it was the um the psycho killer mm-hmm. uh, genocide Jack, but it actually wasn't. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was yeah. he was actually killed by um the the Mondo the guy. Yeah, it was. Mondo very, Butter baby. Very very sad um turn. Yeah, that
1: was a was a pretty depressing. As this is the case with a lot of Duncan Rumpo stuff it's uh not not pretty. Yeah. But uh, the his his efforts of creating a self-aware AI apparently has a uh, birth fruit, you know, alter ego still exists and is actually the moderator for the new world program, you know, kind of the one in the in the back. In all the maintenance and making sure everything is working properly, but Alter Ego explains to Hajime at this point that there was a virus that was introduced into the system that they were not prepared for. And not only was it introduced, it was done so physically. Someone actually got to the got to the servers and uploaded themselves. It wasn't you know done through the internet. It wasn't hacking or anything like that. So there was some kind of an insider or something that happened, like a sabotage, and that's why they couldn't they couldn't see this coming at all.
0: Um, and then also we talked to, um, I mean, Makoto, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's a
1: silhouette, but you can, it's so obvious that yeah, it's
0: he's, he's basically, I guess, jacking into the system itself and, uh, is talking to, uh, talking to us, uh, kind of directly, um, saying that, Hey, uh, there is a couple of things that we're trying to do to, to fix this. Uh, there is a shut off shutdown system, uh, that we have in place um, and, uh, which basically can, can stop this entire thing from happening. Um, and, um, the, he also says that we're, we're coming soon. Uh, just to let you, just to let, you know, give you a little bit of hope that, hey, just hang in there. We're, we're on our way kind of thing. Um, but after that, I mean, it's pretty much going to the trial, right? Am I missing anything?
2: I thought it was interesting with how the plan to sort of rehabilitate the ultimate despairs was it only to erase two to th- two or three years of their memories. So I-, I wonder what that says about how things must have gone while they were at Hope's Peak Academy. If you know only a couple of years turns them from that sort of ultimate world evil back to sort of their uncorrupted state. Like, things must have gone bad pretty
0: quickly. Yeah, when you've got the ultimate despair, you know, basically influencing everybody. It doesn't take long. And yeah, then, yeah. I'm,
1: I'm very glad you asked that question because it's answered precisely in the anime that I'm going to talk about at the end of the show.
0: Mm.
1: I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'm just going to tell you in what order you should watch it. And one arc of that entire anime is entirely based on how they became that way.
0: That's what I want to see. I want to see
1: that. That's what you want to see. That's what you kind of get.
0: Yeah, that's what I I want to see. What happened during that time of all this crazy murder and riots and shit? Yeah, you'll
1: you'll get to see those murders and riots yourself. Great. Forward to that, Uh, but yeah, now we're back into trial. There's no murder to solve. There's no blacken to point out. It's just about. Figuring out what is happening. Yeah, Monokuma wants you to understand your situation before he'll allow you to graduate or repeat, which are the two buttons in front of the uh in front of them.
0: Yeah,
2: which is um, funny because at first the whole the whole thinking is why on earth would we repeat? Let's get out of here.
0: Exactly. That's what everybody's saying. Same. But
1: at the same time, it's not like they trust Monokuma at all, right? Of course. But so they still want to be cautious.
0: Yeah, but they still, they're always looking like whatever fucking choice do we have? You know, this guy, but there's one other stipulation. Uh, even if you press graduate and everybody presses graduate, it's still pending the review of the headmaster, which is basically Monokuma. So he can either say, no, you don't graduate. Um, which comes into play a little bit later on. Um, but yeah, so the first thing we have to discover or, or figure out is what the fuck is actually going on here. And pretty easily we come to the conclusion that we're in a fucking simulation. I mean, we can see it kind of unfolding right in front of our eyes.
1: Yeah, the uh, one thing we didn't mention is that the more you progress with the investigation, the more unravel the world becomes. At one point, you're basically walking on the ceiling. Yeah. And the little yeah. matrix is unfolding before you, where it's a bunch of ones and zeros and shit. So they make it blatantly obvious from the you know the last end of the last chapter that you are in a virtual world. Yeah. And uh, the person that they are is basically avatars made from you know made from themselves, but a couple of years before, like the, like we were talking about with the rollback of the firmware, where they didn't have those few years of uh, time they spent in Hope's Academy.
0: Yeah and uh we realized that because we found while we were exploring a um a poster that had pretty much all of our names on it as well as a picture of the ultimate traditional dancer except she was much older it seemed like um seemed like she had a growth spurt um and we were like okay well that's obviously her after a couple of years at Hope Speak academy
1: yeah i thought at, at first when i saw that the first time i was like is that sonia dressed up as you know, Hyoko or something? Because yeah. that can't be... Hyoko looks like a, like a kindergarten child. And that looked like a, like a grown adult. So I was like, wow, okay.
0: Sure. So um, that's kind of the evidence that we have that, hey, we're actually a little bit older than what we think we are right now. And obviously time has passed, which means, which makes sense if we're actually part of the Neo World Programme that is trying to revert our memories, which we then have to come to the realization that the ultimate despairs, the people who caused the riots and basically the end of the world as we know it, are actually us.
1: Yeah, uh, but the caveat might be that, uh, well, the silver lining is that, well, I mean, if if all all of this is just a virtual reality and all of this is just a game, then all the people that, You know, died. You know, Gundam, Hyoko, Nagito, and everyone else in between. You know, will still be alive in the real world. Then that's good, right?
0: Of course. Except uh, Monokuma tells us that, unfortunately, much like in the movie The Matrix, when you die here, you kind of die in the real world as well. While your body may still be alive, your brain is pretty much dead.
1: Yeah. So you're you're stuck in like a vegetable state, more or less. Uh, which is, you know, not fun for anyone. Of course
0: not. So uh, we've established that we were actually the bad guys who were trying to be rehabilitated. um, And we now start to realize, well, obviously Monokuma is part of this virus program that is trying to screw with us and trying to mess everything up. But what's his end game exactly? He's wanting us to graduate. He said that himself, um, and what, during this time, as we're getting ready to kind of unveil some things, the the guest of honor shows up.
1: Uh, before we get to the guest of honor, uh-huh. one of the one of the piece of evidence that we understood, or one of the questions you actually brought uh, brought up last week, Drew, yeah. is that like, well, Nagito's true aim was actually to kill off everyone except for the traitor that doesn't make any sense right why would he why would he want to kill all of his classmates and leave only the traitor that works for the future foundation unless all of his schoolmates including himself was a remnant of despair right so ultimately his goal was correct in his fight for hope killing everyone here was the right idea right he was killing, trying
0: to get rid of despair
1: yeah killing killing the terrorists you know that, that that makes that makes you a hero, doesn't it? That, that makes you killing someone that's killed thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of people around the world that would make you someone that might be you know the ultimate hope as he wanted to become. so it actually starts clicking in about his motivations and the things that they've done as well.
0: He's like a psychopathic superhero good guy that's... yeah,
1: that he is incredibly misunderstood. Uh, That's one of the reasons why I like his character so much. Because, one, his ultimate and just utter belief in himself and his ability, you know, of his ultimate luck. The fact that he has no hesitation doing these incredible acts, you know, uh, I think is really, really something. And, uh, I mean, his whole whole move with the whole (laughs) making an unsolvable crime in a game about solving crimes... That's like that's unheard of. You can't play a game, you can't play a Professor Layden game or Ace Attorney game and have an unsolvable crime. That just won't fly. That's just not allowed to happen. But he does it in this game, and he's the only character I think I've seen ever pull something like that off,
0: ever. In if I had to put it in terms that I understand very well, let's do it in Dungeons and Dragons terms. He is chaotic good, where he will do the good thing, even if it kills a lot of people
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that's that's perfectly right he believes in the right thing but goes about it in all the wrong ways so many times yeah
2: so does that mean he has the same goal as the organization or the same end point which is the road to hell's paved with good intentions
1: yeah certainly because if you remember the email future foundation itself wanted to kill all the remnants of despair just to be on the safe side after what they have done, after the damage they have, uh, you know, put forth, if, if they escape, like who, you know, whose fault is that at that point? You know, is if you if you let someone go when you had them in the palm of your hands, then all their death is on you, is on your yep. hands, Batman. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so you gotta you gotta take that responsibility, and I can understand both ways. But Makoto, being the person that he is, doesn't want to be that way. And the guest of honor, as the guest of honor, he shows up.
0: Yep, Makoto himself shows up. And is there to basically help us, um, try to escape the best he can. So he reveals that there's obviously a, um, a shutdown system and we are explained basically all of our options. Uh, the first one being if we all press graduate, what we don't understand is, is the consequences of pressing graduate. Because it's revealed that if we press graduate, we are uploaded back into our bodies. At the same time, our friends who were all killed in the virtual world will have the virus uploaded into their brains. Ah, I see,
1: you you miss a step there. Did I miss one? She, yeah. she doesn't. She doesn't explain that at this point. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the secondly. Milputers- yeah, yeah, yeah. She she says like, well, they'll remain dead. Oh, you know, they'll they'll remain, you know, in a vegetative state. But at least you guys will be able to live, right? And Makoto says that, yeah, just press graduate. You know, we'll we'll get you guys out of here, and we'll settle this whole mess out. But while Makoto is explaining these things and talking about how they're at fault, you know, kind of condemning them for their previous actions, which, in all honesty, at this point of time, they have no memory of. They're, these these selves that they are actually in control of don't have the memories of all these evil things that their you know their their actual self has done. So you know like it it's kind of like called like child Hitler kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you don't know what you're gonna do, but can you really blame a person for something that they're gonna do in the future kind of deal? But uh, regardless, but at the same time, even though Makoto explaining all these things to get out of the system and beat the system, Nanakuma is actually not stopping them at all he's just kind of sitting there laughing and watching right?
0: yeah yeah that's that. Uh, that's my bad i this at this point was when we it was revealed that we were actually the ultimate despairs that was that was the whole yeah. the whole thing that he was there for he was there to jog our memory of hey you guys are actually bad guys and we're trying to rehabilitate you um but that's when you know we're like wait a minute that doesn't make any sense why are you two agreeing with each other you, right, you're so, you're agreeing with this evil bastard Monokuma, who is basically a virus that's not even working correctly in the system. So we, um so you,
1: you give Makoto a question that only he should know the answer to.
0: You're gonna have to remind me of that question.
1: Okay, so he the one of the one of the fail safe ways for them to leave the virtual reality space was to. Go through the abandoned ruins, right? And the password to that was revealed to be the number one one zero three seven. Right. And according to Mono, uh, according to Makoto, when they talked about it, he said that number has a very significant meaning to me. It, it has to do with his past, and we all know that is from actually the first case when uh, his love interest was killed off, and she gave her final you know final death note on the on on the uh, on the wall with her own blood. Kind Of pointing at
0: Leon as the killer, holy fucking shit! I didn't even put that together. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> That's so obvious. <laughs> I, I totally forgot about that case. I, I oh,
1: yeah, yeah, I, didn't oh, even, was I, don't, I wasn't even thinking
0: about it. I saw it was a fucking number. I was like, What the fuck is the significance of that? And I, nope. yeah, I, didn't, I didn't even realize that was Leon
1: 11037 <laughs> Leon. That was a number that they thought it was, but you turn it upside down, it spells Leon. Shit, I didn't even so fucking that, remember that. But this virus. <laughs> You know, mimicking Makoto obviously doesn't know this at all. So he says, "Well, fuck, I don't know this." So this fake Makoto disappears and yeah. says, "Well, the gig is up." You know, hey, I I tried to you know trick you guys, you know, but it's no, it's not a big deal because obviously this is a virtual reality. He has a lot of power and ability in this re- uh, in this reality. So he kind of just manufactured this fake Makoto out of nowhere right. for his own benefit, just to trick them. Uh, so this is where he, where uh, Monokuma reveals that he is in fact actually an AI made up of the personality of Junko Enoshima, the ultimate despair herself. Yeah, and uh, I love her reveal, by the way, the way they did it. Uh, how'd you guys think?
0: This gigantic Junko shows up and then uses her cell phone screen <laughs> yeah. as her talking to people. That's it's pretty good. That's that's a very Junko way to make the it. yeah. It's yeah. pretty good. And she still got that split um, personality thing going.
1: Mm-hmm. She just kind of switches different uh, per- uh, personalities at every turn. It's, it's madness.
0: Yeah. Uh, this is
1: this is your first encounter with Junko, Matt, right? Yep. Yeah. So this must be jarring to you because you didn't have all that build up and all these things that happened beforehand. So seeing her revealed in this way must have been pretty weird for you.
2: Yeah, my my first thought was. How could you ever pin her down because you'd be trying to attribute something that happened to a personality that she's not displaying? So, you know, as far as someone who you're trying to get motivations on and such, mm-hmm. it, my thought was, wow, it would be impossible to nail her down in, in some sort of killing situation like this.
1: Um, yeah, that's, that's why that, that last case was so difficult. Um, because when they were trying to figure out you know, that it was actually uh, monoacoa slash Junko that you know, did the actual killing of the you know, her, of her own sister that the whole mystery of it and, and the unraveling, and when she shows up, she shows this side of herself where she is indescribable by just mere words because she has so many different sides to her that she doesn 't even understand herself in a lot of ways. Yeah. So it's 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 weird. So I I don't know. I just I just feel kind of bad because you didn't get her first you didn't get that first impression of what she was like in the first game. Yeah. And you had to go directly into the second game, so I feel I feel a little bad about that. Yeah, harkening back
0: to the first game, man. Uh, it's crazy because the entire she's the first person to get killed. You know, mm-hmm. or at least that's what we're led to believe. You know, Junko gets killed by Monokuma because she kicked Monokuma and is impaled by a bunch of fucking javelins. And dies. She's the first person to die. So the entire game, we're thinking Junko is actually dead. Cut kind off and out, it's actually her fucking twin sister that she used. That she mm-hmm. she turned into a despair herself and basically used her as bait just to trick everybody. You see a lot more of that twin sister in the anime as
1: well. Ah, so okay. you get a lot of background on her and their relationship, which is, is incredibly twisted. That's so uh,
0: fucking crazy. Now that like, everything's connected like that? Mm-hmm. And you're starting to see it like that. Oh my god, this is fucking nuts. And the yeah, reason, need... oh, go ahead, Matt. I was just
2: going to say I need to go back and play the first game. I, I, I did not necessarily expect this game to tie in so heavily with Game One.
1: Yeah, it's it's just it's just been building up constantly. All the bread clum- crumbs have been leading up to it. But uh, you know, after the final chapter, you know how much it ties up. Um yeah. The um... Oh, shoot, I forgot to. I was going to make a point, but I forgot. I'm not that important. Uh moving on. Uh what, what, where were we at, at the uh at the reveal? So we, we got the unraveling of, of Junko, right?
0: Um yeah. Uh basically it's revealing um what the actual plan is. What what, what what's actually gonna happen, which is if we graduate, we leave the, the world, but all the dead people who have died in this world have Junko's personality uploaded into their brains so obviously why the hell would we ever choose graduate but there's no other option because well uh, later on makoto the real makoto shows up um but even then we don't have enough students to initiate the shutdown there's not enough participants
1: because the shutdown the protocol um requires at least half of the student body, at least the majority, meaning more than, more than eight people, basically, yeah. you know, because it's you know, eight out of 15 kind of deal. So, but so many people are dead. There's only five of them left alive, right? Yeah. So Makoto shows up. It's like, we got to start this sh- shutdown protocol. But there isn't enough students because, because there's only six, including Makoto. So at this point, uh, Kirigiri, Kyoko Kirigiri, and uh, Byokoya Togami, the real one, show up in the virtual world saying that they followed uh Makoto along with his reckless plan as they are tend to do.
0: And, uh, now it's, everybody's trying to convince us to do the shutdown. So now our options have changed once again, option one, graduate. If you graduate, we are uploaded back into our bodies. Um, all the dead people are turned into Junko. Uh, and that's bad. <laughs> uh, repeat, we basically stay in this world, but all our friends are back alive again, yay, but then we're stuck in this world with uh,
1: the, the The repeat doesn't actually say that they'll be back
0: alive um I thought that, I thought I no, thought, no, it yeah. doesn't say that at all. I just, you
1: just repeat the year again, but the people that are you know in the vegetative state, they no longer can provide an avatar right because they're kind of brain dead so they don't they don't bring back to life what she was saying that is that if you allow them to graduate the the junco virus already has data and information on all of their dead friends so she can mimic them if the, if she so right. pleases you know right, 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 so that's right. what she was saying like yeah would, would you want them to be vegetables or i can just basically kind of upload an imitation of them you know and then they'll be, they'll be better than nothing right uh, at least or so that's their argument but she once again says that um well, you know, well, Makoto says that uh, if you choose graduate, then you know that you know years have passed. Your bodies, you know, are are very, very different from what yeah. they used to be. You know, some people might have missing limbs. You know, other might other people might look completely different. But even worse yet, you know, if they choose to shut down, then it'll be like none of this ever happened. Yeah, and all of their friends that's dives still stay dead you know they're still in a vegetative uh, comatose situation but their consciousness at this point won't become uploaded into their bodies and they'll go back to becoming the ultimate despairs or the remnants of despairs that they used to be yeah so whether you choose graduate or whether you choose to the shutdown it seems terrible yeah both choices are just awful
0: the, I do want to describe because this is when Makoto actually describes what actually happened, um, to us whenever during the whole tragic events and stuff like that during the end of the world. Holy fucking shit, man. There's some fucking hardcore stuff in there. So the ultimate despairs, the, the remnants of us, basically, are fucking insane. We mutilate our bodies. People like poke out their own eyes and throw like fucking Junko's dead body parts on them. That's like what Nagito did. He he basically cut off his own arm and sewn Junko's Yeah, Junko, arm.
1: Junko's, yeah, this, uh, this member arm after her execution. Um, yeah, some people else replaced that, their eye with hers, right? Yeah. Um, 'Cause they wanted to see the world just the way that Junko did. They so they almost saw these ultimate despairs saw kind of Junko as like their god in yeah. a lot of ways, right? And when she died it sent uh shockwaves across
0: the world in this way. And then of course they had to go there. Mm-hmm. They performed fucking necrophilia on Junko's body. Yep. In order to hopefully have children with her fucking corpse. And mm-hmm. I was just like, Oh my god.
1: And the thing about it is that they reveled in such affairs because the fact that they fail, the fact that it won't work only brings them more despair, which in in their own way is, is pleasure, is bliss to them. So all these twisted things where they, you know, force people to kill their own families, friends and lovers and all that jazz and everything else in between. It's not just for the sake of killing or, you know, genocide or anything like that. It's for the sake of bringing on more despair on the world and themselves. So you have to think like these are these are the kind of people that are not in the not in any kind of logical, you know, realm of logic or reason or anything like that. So do you want to be that person again? Is that what you're telling me to do? Do you, are you telling me to erase the person that I am and then go in? And even worse yet, Mako, I mean, uh, they, she, uh, Junko says that there is actually a trump card here.
0: I'm yeah. Honest. So while Makoto is actually, you know, trying to give everybody peace of mind, saying, "Look, all right, if you if you shut down the sequence, you'll turn back into the to the remnants of despair," but we can still probably fix you guys there's still a way to fix this you know you you're not screwed completely but at the same time in order to get under our skin junko reveals one last thing and it's a big one <laughs> so we've been reading about this big experiment to create the ultimate hope which then turned out to be a really bad thing who that person went nuts and killed a bunch of people and basically kick-started the end of the world. We all know him as Azuru. Well, the Hope Speak Academy created Azuru by using like physical alterations to the brain, basically not just brainwashing them, but physically changing them. And they did all that, to one person and that's us and
1: the the main main character himself the the person that's kind of become like the leader of the group you know the the voice of reason and logic amongst all this chaos was actually the the person called Zuru, Kamakura himself that was a regular reserve student without any talents but was experimented on to become this person who went, apparently went nuts and killed a bunch of people. And it turns out that when he was conf- uh, was it uh, confronted with this reality, Hajime remembers that scene in Chapter Zero, in that bull scene, when he was face-to-face with Nigido and he was sitting there. And his imagery in there looks completely different from what we know of Hajime. This person has black hair, is incredibly long, yeah, and he's got red eyes. Yeah, a very menacing figure. You know, he looks completely different, and he remembers this moment as a part of himself, and it's starting to come back to him. And he and he has to recognize this fact. And if he were to choose shutdown, not only would he have to go back to become an ultimate, ultimate despair, there would be no remnant of himself left. Yeah, no, because this no, person—that's horrible. <laughs> yeah, this this person that he becomes is someone completely different because of the the surgery and everything to his brain and everything else in between that was very taxing to him. Everything else that was uh, considered unnecessary, emotions, all every other piece of memory that defined him as an individual was taken away from him just so that he could have the most efficient way to acquire and cultivate talent. So basically, by pressing shutdown, he would be relegated to killing himself and becoming someone completely else. And because, I mean, obviously he's been the leader this whole time, he's been the one trying to kind of steer people in the right direction with Chiaki and, you know, Melami dead, he second guesses himself. Because this is an impossible situation, impossible choice to make,
0: right? Yeah. Either exist and have horrible things happen to your friends or not exist and still have horrible things happen to your friends.
1: Yeah, and he also... (laughs) Is incredibly hurt by the fact that they'll retain no memory of what happened here. And one of the people that he met here was Chiaki, you know, which he was obviously very fond of. And she was apparently an observer, an observer that was created from their memories of a of a of a of a, of a classmate they had previously. So she is no longer around, or or she's not one of the classmates that will be revived. So, by forgetting all everything that happened during the trip would also mean that sh- she would be forgotten for good. Yeah. And all their interactions and everything would be like it never happened.
0: Oh, man. It's heavy, dude. <laughs> yeah. I, that's when I was like, fuck. I just, like, I, I didn't even know what to think at this point. I was just like, well, I mean, I'm just going to go with what the game tells me to do. <laughs> because the game won't let you fail, basically. <laughs>
1: Yeah, after you come so far, there's no uh there's no end state that I know of anyway. Yeah. Um but uh yeah, it's it's a, it's a heavy question and um everyone basically sinks into despair, rightfully so. I mean, imagine yourself put in a situation where you have to literally commit suicide ha- have never existed. Not only that, you become like an evil person in the process and maybe go off kill more people and do more terrible things. And you don't have any memory of that at all, and you're kind of in a place in a position where you have to take responsibility for all of this. It's all on you. You have to die. Yeah. You have to be tortured for the rest of your life, whether it's virtual or in real life, or maybe even just get killed off as soon as you're revived. Like, how do you how do you make that choice? You know, we're not talking about a selfish choice or you know, like a pragmatic thing or anything like that. It's just. It's just impossible to do, you know, you can't, you can't, you can't just tell someone to do it,
0: you know. So um, Hajime kind of falls into himself as he falls into despair um, and then has a conversation with um, Chiaki, um, who obviously doesn't really exist. She never really did. She's just part of a computer program but uh, through her memories. and through See, her Drew,
1: you, you say she never did, right? Well... But what I said was she was derived from their memories. Well, so no, she it, is a person that existed of significance to them all. That's why she was chosen as an amalgamation of what they felt for that individual as a whole. So she existed, and the thing about it is that when he when Hajime falls into himself, and this is something that is not readily visible, so I'll point out here. When he, he fell into himself, he was in an endless loop, talking with every one of the students. They're all kind of you know happy-go-lucky, you know they're having a good time. It seems like you know, and everything's on a loop. But it's at the end where Chiaki says, "This isn't right. This isn't. You guys aren't part of the game world, right?" And that's why it breaks him out because. If you think about it, Chiaki has always been something from his memories along with the other people's memories. And when he was caught in this endless loop, endless cycle, in in a way, all these characters were also derived from memory. And Chiaki has always only been a memory in this virtual reality. And in that way, he truly believes subconsciously that this isn't what Chiaki would have wanted for him. And that's why she is the one that reaches out towards him. It's himself reaching out to himself in a way, by the agent of Chiaki Nanami herself, because that's what he believes in the most. Yeah. So it's uh, it's, it goes another level there. And this is something that you can say like, oh, it's just Deus Ex Machina. She just came out of nowhere. But no, there's a very specific reason why that happens. And that's why she she's the one that reaches out towards him and gives him the courage to kind of accept the person that she is and tells him that. Everything that they have told you is not determined. There is still a future that they can claim for themselves because they are not, you know, they are not them, you know. And the future is not determined just because they say it is. And with that hope in his heart, he kind of breaks away from this endless cycle.
0: Yeah. And um, with that, he gives the rousing you know, rally speech of we can make our own fucking future. Fuck these people. They don't know what the hell they're talking about. And if we all fir- firmly believe and we all have hope in our hearts, we can make it through this. To which that's when he convinces everybody to do the shutdown sequence.
1: Uh And if you remember, it's not just about the hopes in their heart. It's just that this is a procedure, the Neo World Program itself and the procedure that they are currently under in this virtual reality is unprecedented. It's never been done before. And they are working based on assumptions and ideas that they have based on the pieces of evidence that they have. So this idea of hope and the idea that they will be able to make a uh, future for themselves isn't just... Wishful thinking. There is real like logic and reason be- uh, behind it because this has never been done before, and they're the ones that will pave the future for what this really means for everybody, and that's why they decide to uh, initiate the shutdown protocol.
0: Yeah, um, which is what they do, um, and um, once they initiate the shutdown protocol, uh, Monami shows back up.
1: Actually, in this form, she's on known as
0: Usami. Usami, is mm-hmm. rabbit. Yeah, mm-hmm. and um, she. Completely destroys uh, the virus, um, and, you know, and destroys Junko, essentially. Um, and they are released from the uh, from the virtual world back into their bodies, and then the ending begins. And just like in the first game, they left it slightly ambiguous. Um, it shows uh, both. Uh, the real world Makoto, uh, Kirigiri, and uh, Bakuya—they're um, standing there on the dock of the uh, of the island. They're they're all wearing suits, looking really uh, snazzy. Yeah, men in blackish is what yeah, I, I yeah, came up right. with. Certainly, agents of something, and um, they're talking about how things are kind of uncertain. But I guess that's basically what the future is for, you know. The future is uncertain. You make your own future, kind of thing. Very, yeah. very Doc Brown of them.
1: Yeah, I
2: was, and uh, I was say uh, John Connor.
0: There you go, John Connor. John Connor, yeah, certainly. Uh,
1: come with me if you want to. But uh, basically, um, <laughs> Makoto, um says that, like, yeah, I, you know, I maybe I might have uh, uh, done a treasonous act by. Saving these remnants of despair, even though the Future Foundation doesn't want to. So he is currently going on a boat to the Future Foundation HQ, where he will, you know, he's he's gonna have to answer some questions because he obviously did something that he wasn't supposed to do. Yeah, they, these guys were supposed to be killed, but he chose to try
0: to save them because Makoto is that guy. But in the end, um, I'm not exactly certain, but we do see. Uh... I mean, well, they're obviously not that concerned because I, I'm guessing they didn't turn into the remnants of despair mm-hmm. because they let them go. And they're they're on that island right now. They said that they are going to be tending to their friends who are brain dead.
1: Yeah, so it's implied that uh, they were able to, uh, was it, keep most of their memories from the the trip. Yeah, and uh, because of that, well, thanks to that, uh, they're gonna, they're going to stay on the island. Uh, the island does exist, by the way. It's a, it's a real place. the The virtual reality was just based on an older version of that island. Yeah, that's why it was kind of out of place and weird. But yeah, they are literally on that island. They want to stay there and try to see if they're they can get their friends back,
0: basically, from their vegetative state. And um, yeah, I mean that's that's basically the ending. I mean, we do. I mean, I kind of wish we could have seen. So it. Does he not, does he, is he not, um, you know, I wouldn't say mutilated, but he doesn't have the long hair and shit. Uh, I mean, because we see him.
1: Uh, he, he, he did have the long hair, but he cut it after. Okay. There's, there's a, there's a, there's an amount of time after they came out.
0: Okay. That pass. Yeah. Gotcha.
1: But they don't show.
0: But yeah, um, so, um, but Hajime kind of has his own inner monologue saying that, oh, I'm going to live my life as Hajime. Mm hmm. And I'm going to, I'm going to try and bring hope to the world. Um, as best I can. So um yeah, with with kind of hope and with hope
1: in their heart they, they have their set uh, on a future that's kind of uncharted. And it ends on a it ends on a pretty good note, all things considered. Yeah. Based on all the things that they've lost and all the things that, that they have done in their past life, more or less. So um yeah that's that's where Dungan with Two ends. Goodbye despair.
0: Yeah. So a couple questions. Certainly. And I don't know if I missed it or not. We don't know who uploaded this virus, do we? Actually, they they actually spec-
1: specified that it was Izuru that did it, oh. meaning Hajime did it. When they were uh, on the boat with Nagito, uh-huh. uh, they actually went there uh, to do exactly this, and they were also captured on purpose. And the per- uh, the purpose of them becoming captured is for them to become. Uh, put into this world where they would be able to repeat the killing life just as how it was done previously to go the survivors of the original killing life, meaning, obviously, you know, Makoto, Kirigiri, uh, Togami, and the rest of them, to enter this world to try to save them, right. where, obviously, Junko would have the upper hand and she would have the second showdown she wanted.
0: Right, and, Right. To you know, get her revenge.
1: revenge. Yeah. yeah, so this was
0: all planned, like okay. all of it yeah that, I, that was that yeah I, I i totally remember that now but it, me thinking mm-hmm. about it i was like well, who the fuck uploaded but yeah um there's a there's another game in the series uh ultra despair girls yes sir is that canon
1: it is it is super canon where does it fit in it, it fits in between danganronpa one and two Okay, but that's... if I go into greater detail, it'd be spoilerific. The thing about the Ultra Despair Girls is that it's very difficult for me to recommend people play it because if if you tell me that you like Danganronpa One and Two, that doesn't give me enough to go by to recommend that game to you because it's a completely different game. It's a third-person shooter yeah. with puzzle elements, with with like Danganronpa artwork and some like you know like story beats and stuff like that. Um, is it a good game? I liked it. But a lot of people disagree. Okay. Yeah. But so but it's, but it's uh, essential it's to the story, advice. though. Hmm. They they harken back to it in the anime as something to uh, tie up along. But the thing about it is that, like, um, like I don't know. A lot of people don't seem to like that game, like gameplay wise, and I can kind of understand why because of the mechanics of it. But I enjoyed it personally. But the story doesn't play as big of a focus as it does in, the, obviously, the 1 and 2. Because these are visual novels, mm. first and foremost. And that one's more of an action game. But I'll tell you, the basis of uh, Despair Girls is that it, uh, it stars uh, Fuko, uh Genocider Jack herself. Uh-huh. Along with uh, Makoto's sister. Okay. Who was actually taken kid, uh, was kidnapped. Right, And it actually details the events. Remember in the first game one of the motivations was a footage of Makoto's old home, like, vandalized with all of his family members. Missing. Yeah, like, that wasn't an idle threat. Like, his family members were legitimately kidnapped and everything, right? Okay. Including his sister. And his sister was captive. And the game begins when the Future Foundation finds out where they are. And Togami actually goes to rescue uh, the survivors, uh, you know, including Makoto's sister. And he sends uh, Fuko after her, as one of the agents of uh, future foundation, kind of. Okay. And then they they try to get out of this city where it's kind of infested with these uh like uh, like robots and these other children. we thinking they can be thought of like kind of like they they're not like really Ultimates themselves, but uh, they have been influenced by Junko in some way, and so they have their own really twisted idea. But uh, you don't need to play the game in order to get the full like, get. A co- the complete enjoyment out of it, but if you want the full full picture, then you do need to at least watch like a synopsis of what happens in the in the game.
0: You know what this reminds me of, and it, it's it's actually a very specific thing that's that's hard to explain. But mm-hmm. um, this whole Junko brainwashing a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch the television show Dollhouse? I have not. Okay, um, so Dollhouse, the first season it was kind of like a monster of the week thing. Basically what they can do is they can implant implant memories into a person and basically turn them into whatever they want. Like the, the best detective or the best, you know, assassin and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And the second season, the way it ended, it got canceled because every Josh Whedon thing gets canceled. Um, It, uh, the second season started hinting at, at it. But what was eventually going to happen was the end of the world was going to happen because the system that they used to implant memories into people, somebody went into the dollhouse, the, the organization, and tapped into it to where they played it over the world's telephones all over the world. So if somebody answered their phone, they got implanted with this wild memory of you, you just become a, a rabid killer. Mm-hmm. And certain people who didn't answer the phone are the survivors, while everybody else is kind of the dollhouse enemies that have been brainwashed. And it kind of reminds me of that. The, the way she –
1: when they say brainwashing, there's a very specific thing. It's not – I mean obviously Jinko is very seductive, charismatic, and she knows how to manipulate people. Like that's one of her major talents. She knows how to press their buttons, right? And if it wasn't for, like, obviously, like Makoto and stuff like that, it would have ended all badly. Because Makoto, in his own way, is like a superhero. His optimism is just incorrigible, right? So, the, what she did to other people, you'll be able to see within the anime. Okay. And it actually, like, details it quite vividly and in in ways that you might not even want to see. Like, things that she does really gives her the nickname Ultimate Despair Justice.
0: So because it's, it's terrifying. That's that's the, my next question. Is is you said that there's a specific way to watch the anime? Yes,
1: yes. Uh, let me actually go into that directly right now. Okay. So there is Danganronpa Three. The end of Hope's Peak High School is the anime title, right? But there is two arcs to this anime, and they air at the same uh, same week. And Wait, the so
2: arcs you go- said that you said that the number is three. So it, it's more of a direct sequel than the Despair Girls.
1: Uh, Despair Girls is an interquel between uh, one and one and two, so it's not it, that's not a sequel uh, necessarily, but it also is actually meant to be played after you play two because of some of the things that they allude to or whatever. But this is literally weeks after the end of Danganronpa two, so like you know how Makoto is getting on the boat to go to the Future Foundation to answer for his crimes, the anime begins right there. He gets to the HQ, and that's when it begins. So, so, so
2: this sounds like re- required viewing.
1: Yeah, it's absolutely required. This is this actually caps off the uh, the the was the uh, the hopes arc basically for Rumpa, If you want to know, uh, and the interesting thing about this anime is that the reason why the director of the series made it into an anime is because. Uh, because of two very specific reasons, right? He wanted to explore storytelling elements without having to repeat the whole idea of class trials. Yeah, right? that's what I was because about
0: to say. Because I have a feeling now that there's no more class trials and stuff like that, yeah. how are you going to make a game out of that? Exactly. Yeah.
1: So he wanted to do a whole new storytelling style where they didn't have these old these rules and ideas to kind of fall back on and to justify, right? So where kind of like anything goes kind of deal. And he wanted to make that and he couldn't do that in the game. And also secondly he said that within the hope and despair arc, he didn't want to make another antagonist that wasn't Junko. He said that she symbolizes everything that he had as an idea for what despair should be and is all about. That For him to make another antagonist personifying despair would have service to the series itself so in, in that regard he wanted to make sure that he didn't want to make another game with another antagonist so he did, he made an anime that finishes off the story uh, without the same antagonist at all you know what I mean because if you have a video game you need a boss right you need that bad guy in order to kind of point to in an anime you don't really at all because it's a different narrative device so that's why he decided to make it into an anime and the way you have to watch this and I do mean you have to watch this in this way is that there is Future and there is Despair. There are two different arcs, okay? So Danganronpa 3 Future is the one you need to watch first. And the way it goes is that you watch Danganronpa 3 Future Episode 1, and then you watch Danganronpa 3 Despair 1. Okay. Then you watch Future 2, Despair 2, and on and on and on. You have to watch them one after another. You can't watch one all by itself, and you can't watch the other all by itself either. You have to watch one at a time, going 1, 1, 2, 2, 3, 3, 4, 4, 5, 5, all the way to
0: the very end. It's kind of like Lost, how an episode features just stuff of the past, and then the other episode is basically the present kind of thing. Yeah, that's that's actually exactly how it goes, because
1: the spare arc is all about events detailing way before even Danganronpa 1, right? Because... Uh, uh, Despair actually talks about the class, the remnants of Despair, and how they became that way. And talks about how Junko was able to affect these people uh, and Hope's Academy itself. And Future is basically picking off exactly where Danganronpa 2 left off. Okay, cool. And, And the interesting thing about that is... Things that you learn watching what happened in the past actually matters. Like, character motivations and concepts and ideas are actually explained when you watch these in sequence in this particular order, and it was made to be that way. And I found that to be really really fascinating in that, in, in that way. Um, but I'm not going to say about the quality of the anime itself. Um, I'll leave you guys to be your own judges. But it does cap off the, the Danganronpa hope and despair arc. And the next series that we're going to get, um, Killing Harmony, I believe, is a completely different direction. It's not about hope and despair at all. Uh, something I'll, different i don't know what it is yet like does, is it like final fantasy it takes place in a different world completely i per- dude, i've been on media blackout about that forever okay. now so you know i haven't even watched like a trailer since the first one so i don't know i'm gonna go into it fresh i'm re- obviously very very excited one of my most anticipated games 2017 so uh, we will revisit that revisit that uh concept when we get to it but uh yeah that's it man like if you want to if you want to get to the bottom of what Rump was all about you have to watch the anime Right.
0: That's.
2: Do you have any, any preferred way to watch it? I mean, uh, did, is there any? Is it streaming anywhere? Do you have to pick up the pick up the DVDs?
1: Uh, the DVDs and stuff like that aren't out yet that I know yeah, of. Yeah, that came out this year, didn't it? Yeah, I did. I I think I tried to look for it um, on Crunchyroll, but I wasn't. I didn't have any luck. Well, I could check again. Let's see. Um. So I'm I'm taking
0: it. There's no dubs of this uh i don't i don't think so yeah all this is like fan translations yeah and you know the thing about it is
1: that like the things that all these images and ideas and things like that that are missing about like how terrifying were these guys when they were evil you see some of that like what really makes junko the ultimate despair and the things the crimes that she's committed like travesties right you get a, you get you get you get an idea of that when you watch this, and I thought that was fascinating. Um, but yeah, I, I basically—if you have followed along with this, uh, Dragon Rumble One and Two—you always to yourself to watch the anime, even if you're not like a someone that watches a lot of anime. Just watch this; you'll 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 enjoy it because of the connections that it makes to the games, and it's required yeah. viewing to see how
0: it ends, right? Yeah. Well, I'm. Intrigued watch to a lot Yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't watched a lot of anime in a long time, but I'm intrigued to shit just to see, just to know what happened during the big tragic event stuff you know what happened mm-hmm. to the world you know and how it was accomplished
1: yeah uh for for legal reasons i obviously won't stay at any place where you can watch it for free uh that isn't you know cordial but uh you can find it if you want you know the, yeah. there, there's there's google there's things you can if you want it bad enough you know there's ways uh there's fan translation obviously i saw it uh via fan translations and stuff like that a while back. But, um, yeah, it's it's all available now. There's no there's no need for you to wait. It's been finished.
0: Cool. Well, that sounds like um, some nice homework I can do.
1: Yeah, indeed. Uh, but uh, what I would like to do at this point is that um, I want to get some final thoughts, man. Like, I, I mean, obviously, this is my second... Yeah, this is my second playthrough of the game. And personally, for me, I think... Even on second playthrough, I had a I had a blast. Like there's things that I miss, like the whole thing with Chiaki memory and the, how she actually is the one that kind of pushes Hajime towards uh, uh, finding his courage once more. That actually really clicked after I watched the anime on top of all the things that I learned again, and a lot of de- a lot of like small little details that I missed that I got again. Um, just kind of made the game feel even better, more even more flushed out than I remember. And I had, I had a great time. Uh, what do you guys think? Matt, go ahead. Uh, you I
2: actually... I, I really like this game. Um, and I think, you know, to sum it up, in the, the main thing I liked about it was sort of its commitment to the story. Because I, I feel like... And I actually haven't really played a lot of other detective-style games... But I get the sense just from you know many other games over the years where I'll catch maybe a snippet of the story or or maybe I'm just intrigued by the setting and I get really jazzed up for the story and then in the end it's a letdown and usually you know, usually the response to that is well, you know, it you know, it's a shooter and it and it had really good mechanics, so that that's what it was. Take it or leave it. The story's not the, the point of it. And, and the story wasn't, I, I don't know, maybe it was the point of this game, but my expectation going into this game was going to be that it was going to be more, more case-focused, and as long as the cases themselves were intricate and excellent, that that was what this game was. But I'm really excited that it, it there was more to it than that. There was more depth. It wasn't just a story to string the cases along, but the story was so integral to everything to the whole experience and i kind of wish i had played one before this now but you know that being said i am excited to go back and play one and uh yes.
1: man you get to now you get to go into like you're sold on the series now right so you're gonna be you're gonna be playing that danganronpa 3 when it actually comes out uh, later the se- later well you know 2017 yeah
2: I-, I think i definitely will be playing number three awesome my, okay. only, my only gripes with the game were actually with the, some of the cases themselves. I, I, there were some parts where the logic, I thought, was maybe just a little bit tweaked to satisfy the game, to serve the game, as opposed to being more natural, mm-hmm. I guess. Uh, that and just the way they handled some of the actual trial bits, I, I really felt like many times I was set up to lose. You know, and that's either some, you know, it's hard. Like you basically, if I've got six bullets, Mm -hmm. six bullets, I can't really figure out which one I need until I've already failed it once to get a sense of what they're talking about and to look at what those points are that they highlight. And then basically if I go through it once and think about what they're presenting to me, then I can think about my truth bullets and see which one matches up.
1: but the thing well, about it is that, Matt, like, you're not failing. Uh, the only time you fail is when you shoot a bullet at the wrong place. So when you actually go through the whole thing and you don't actually do anything, you're not failing. You're, you're just literally just reading the facts. So I don't think that should be uh, derived yeah, as, as, I mean, as a failure I I think that's how you're that. supposed to play it, actually. I always read everything first before well, I start throwing bullets.
2: Through three or four or five times before I really figure out what's going on, and I feel like I'm spinning my wheels a bit.
1: Oh no, that's that's perfectly fine. If you get it the first try, you did it. You did it, man. Like that's how you do it. Because if you're literally just kind of at your wit's end and you're just shooting things for no reason without any kind of logical sense, that's when you lost a thread. When you have to read things over and over again, you have to look through your truth bullets and then you have to make a logical conclusion between well, a logical connection between one and the next, you're playing the game properly. I don't think you that's not a fail state at all. So don't think that way. That's how you're supposed to play it. You're playing it right.
2: Uh, that, then it's weird to me that it didn't feel like
0: it was right. <laughs> really, what what'd you think, Drew? Did you feel I, like you're failing when you let it like go through a loop? No, because there's times where I would have to like copy somebody saying something and then yeah, play exactly. it again. So it was just like like I had to I had to go through this again, you know. I didn't have to be perfect every time. God knows I wasn't perfect, especially during the Hangman Gambit and bullshit like that. Like that—that's my biggest complaint—is like just the added mechanics. Yeah, the th- dumb, dumb little mini games. Like, do we need Logic Drive
1: really? Holy like, fuck, do, do Dude, we
0: need that? I failed Logic Drive because I kept falling off fucking platforms. I'm like, Are you fucking kidding me? This is a fucking text-based game, and I'm fucking having to I do know. snowboarding.
1: I know, like I. I can't as as much as I love this series and this game. Um, I can't justify the the added really dumb side things that you do. Like there are so many like smart things that they do, like shooting the the bullets into the the wrong statement. Fantastic, you know, fits the whole truth bullet kind of thing and Dunkin' Rumpel thing, right? The the comic panel at the end to bring everything together, brilliant. I right? love just, that part. Yeah, just a culmination of everything you learn in the case. And it's put into gameplay in such a spectacular fashion. Hangman's Gambit, come on, man! You don't need this. Let me just type in what you're talking about. Don't make me connect two bubbles, and it's nonsense. Yeah. But I get it. They want to put more gameplay elements into it, but a visual novel doesn't need gameplay elements when the the actual story and the things that you're doing is compelling enough. Like you know, for example, Science Gate, for example, you don't need you... or fucking nine nine. You don't need all that nonsense
0: yeah like well in,
1: 999 has a, so many like gameplay elements though because of the puzzles
0: oh well, that's the thing is like uh, you're solving puzzles this one it's like you're solving puzzles yeah. just just for the sake of solving puzzles yeah it's, there's it's, no it's need for that. that you know in 999 you have to escape this room or you're going to die you know it's yeah it's, they're it's, not game yeah.
1: puzzles too much mm-hmm. yeah that's that that is also my biggest complaint you know uh let, don't let it be said that i don't point out flaws in games because i also pointed that out as one of the major flaws when i did the review and uh it remains true. And you know what? Like I saw some footage of and Rampa* three, they're gonna have some dumb mini games again. But of course they are. If if we're gonna have to suffer through some dumb mini games here and there to get to the meat of the story and the characters, I'll under.
2: Yeah, it's a negative, but it's far outweighed by yeah, the positives, Yeah, I think.
0: Certainly. So I have a, I have another quick question because and it's been bothering me ever since I looked at it. So I have to obviously look up music for Dong and Rompa to put it into the show. And there is a image of a person in particularly one of these. Let me let me bring up one of them, and I have no idea who this person is. And I was thinking they're gonna like it, it was kind of like this, you know, breaking the fourth wall thing of there's gonna they're gonna introduce another character, but they never fucking did. Um, this is all very very compelling podcast. I I know this. So- but just just leave me alone for a second here.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Matt, like uh, you were saying, like we didn't get your final test. So you you enjoyed it. You liked the. Uh, you had some issues with like the classes and stuff like that. Uh, with some of the things being non-intuitive, I, I I feel you for sure. But I I personally I I don't know what gave you the impression that you're failing every time you let something go through a loop.
2: I, I guess it's more just that there was sort of a a, a countdown. Right. If it's just, just about if it's just about solving this, then give me the give me all the time I need to solve it. Gotcha. But when when I've got that sort of pressure, saying every every loop brings me closer and closer to whatever the fail state is when your when your heart meter goes down to zero. And you know if if they had, I, I kind of wish they had either given me one truth bullet and then made me figure out how to fit it with the text, or just gotten rid of them the meter itself so i could play around with options but there were a number of times where i I thought some of the ones some some of the truth bullets made perfect sense to disagree with certain statements but they seemed to not think that was true
1: yeah and, um so, that's 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 a very difficult balance uh to do yeah but uh luckily it didn't happen too often i hope no it, it wasn't too often okay that's good
0: uh i just answered my own question never mind the The YouTube video that
1: you just linked, there every one of them are from the class, man.
0: Yeah, I, like the bottom one next to uh, Sonya, I, I was like, who the fuck is that? But then I noticed he had that's it, it, that's had, Yeah, he had pink hair, but I, I like I was like, who is that with the the brown hair? I was like, who the fuck is that? I kept looking, I was like, who is that character? But yeah, now because you can't see his pink hair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then I saw a little bit of it, and I was like, okay, never mind. That's that's yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a different art style than the official art style. But, uh, yeah, they're all characters from the class. Gotcha. Yeah. Right.
0: My bad. It's all good. But, yeah. I, my my final thoughts is I think this is a fantastic game. I personally like the first one better. Okay. Uh, I, what? Why do you like the first one better? I like it better because it feels like you're more... The entire time, it felt like you were more confined. Mm. Um, you know, you're stuck in the school. I've always liked... Like movies or something that take place in one place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you like your Like a perfect example is the the, the remake of Judge Dread. Dread. Like when I found out it was going to take place just in this like apartment complex, I was like, "This is perfect." I love when somebody's trapped in an area and they got to survive in this area, kind of thing. And, yeah, that was a good movie, yeah. and I love that movie. And um, the it felt the mystery was. The like the overall what the fuck is going on here? Um, I I felt like it was, it was just told better in the first game. There's a lot of mystery here, obviously. Um, but I don't know, like it, it just felt a little bit more. I would say it felt a little bit more grounded in reality. The first one did, because I mean, yeah. this one you're getting into hardcore sci-fi shit.
1: Yeah, you certainly are. And uh, um, but but I, I one don't thing know. go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Um, One thing I liked about, um, it does go hardcore sci-fi and hold this idea, but what I like is that it actually makes a lot of connections to the things that that has precedence for. Like, for example, the idea that Junko has an AI made up of her own personality doesn't seem feasible. And then you all realize, like, oh, wait, alter ego exists. That's a thing that actually is the moderator for the system. So why couldn't they make another personality out of Junko before she died, you know? Yeah. Uh that's something that they could have done e- easily with the ultimate uh, programmer's skill at their disposal, so it makes sense and the whole thing with like Nagito taking his chance on who's going to throw the fire grenade, he, ma- he takes the exact same chance before with the with the gun to his head. And these this little callbacks so that you can kind of miss if you're not paying attention, but the fact that they laid down the groundwork
0: actually lets... to Let's it a bit more credence to how it it might actually be feasible yeah I just you know I, I just really like the first one because i like I love the whole mystery of like we don't really know what's going on here um and you know I don't know it just it, like, like I said I, I feel like it was a little bit more grounded in reality, and i yeah. like I like yep. the I like the fact that there was it, it like this easily could have been just some people locked up in a in a school or a building. Made out to be a school, and like people are trying to desperately get into the place, but it's been locked down, you know. And there, and some crazy like, jigsaw guy is just filming this going on and showing and it to everybody. They
1: were, and then it turned out that they were dead the
0: whole time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, I liked how it fit into my fucking theory.
1: I know, I know. Uh, you know what? I would also mirror the sentiment that uh, I liked the the first game overall better. I like the nagito case in particular the best out of all the cases uh out of both games uh from just like the solving the case and the revelations and all the things that actually lead up to it and the impact that it has but when i look at the whole entire game just the original is just so hard to overcome right yeah it's, it's always that yeah,
0: way
1: yeah it's, it's basically you know demon souls versus dark souls in in some ways like it laid the ground foundation. It came out of nowhere. My expectations were zero, and then it blew me away. The second game, obviously, after playing the first game, you have a lot of expectation for it and things that you wanna you wanna see and do. So certainly, but uh, yeah, I, I like I like both games uh, quite a lot.
0: But yeah, um, we do have an email. Uh, it comes mm. from Jamie. I want to read that one off. I do also have that voicemail that I got, and I will splice it in. Um, ...toward the end of the show, but uh read off this email here. It's pertaining to the ending. It says, Hi guys. So, that was pretty awesome ending. I was worried that there were going to be a nonsensical type ending, but all that worrying was for nothing. Uh, that was very satisfying. I thought that the two characters in the in the game, Ultimate Imposter and Nagito, were actually Makoto and Bakia, who were in, infiltrating the island to save the other students. And while I thought that the students were from a different school... I I wasn't that far off, really. Makoto, Bakia, and Kirigiri were trying to help their fellow students just from outside the simulation. I was wrong in pretty much every way, except the characters from the first game were trying to help the characters from this game. I'm satisfied with that. Uh, the ending actually uh, changes how I feel about Nagito, too. After all that he was trying to do was in despair. Like he said he was. Oh, excuse me. Like he said he was. Good job, Bud. I don't hate you anymore. (laughs) Uh, All in all, it was lots of fun, even though I couldn't quite figure it out. I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the story. I understand there is another anime that finishes off the story. I think there is another game coming out next year, but it's supposed to be unrelated. Anyways, I'll check those out. Uh, I hope Haji make him recover his lost personality and Fuyuhiko can see Pekko again. Sunshine and rainbows now I feel like Usami, <laughs> uh, yeah I just
2: second again with sort sort of to to follow up with what I said before, I think it is sort of the story that makes this game for me, and I would agree with that sentiment that the strong ending really like finished this game on a high note for me,
0: yeah
2: uh, a lot of you know a lot of times that can that can you know the cases could have been good, but you know, it could have just been a week ending, but I think this really elevated it for me to not just to be, you know, a, a fun, but, for, but forgettable game, but more something that I really want to find out more and, and play more of.
0: The um, she also sent another email for like one last thing said, I wanted to mention that the only thing I was a little disappointed with was the lack of explanation of the murders that happened while they were at school. <laughs> the stuff in the video game, was that made up the part about Fuyuhiko's sister? It seems odd that they just would skip over that. It seemed to me that that happened before Junko was their leader. So who were the two murdered girls? And did Fuyuhiko actually murder his sister's killer? I just feel like there could have been a bit more explanation for that part. Watch the anime. I was about to say, is that explained in the anime? Watch
1: the anime. Uh, Like Your questions will be answered and things you didn't want to see, you'll also see. Um, and one of the things that you'll see is that Chiaki, you're saying that uh, that she never existed at all, no, she, she existed she was a very important figure in, in that class's life including Hajime himself and um, well like, the things that you'll see in the anime will give a lot more impact to what happened in the game and that's the thing, Like after having watched the anime and knowing what happens to Chiaki and all the things involving her like, going back, I see her again was, like, emotional. It's like, fuck, damn, I know I know what happened to you, you know, I know what ha- what's going to happen, and it sucks. But, you know, the fact that I actually feel that way and I'm emotionally uh, invested actually speaks volumes to how effective
0: her portrayal is
1: in the, in the anime. So,
0: I look forward to that. I'm highly excited. Mm. But um, that's it for us. Um, the, the one last thing I do want to throw in there was, uh, Jamie's, uh, voicemail. So I'm going to put that in right here.
3: Hi guys. So, bang goes that theory, I was really sure that Monami was going to be killed next. Just, uh, that Monokuma was going to kill her. Just like, um, the one in the first game. The alter ego was killed in the first game. I was still trying to find that connection between the first one and the second one. So anyway, she didn't die, at least in the way I expected. And then I was expecting Nagato to die, and so he did, but not in the way I was expecting either. But that's okay. Um, obviously, Bakua was also actually the ultimate imitator, so that is also not going along with my theory that he and Makoto slash Nagato were trying to infiltrate this other school and get the students out. That theory um, pretty much garbage now. Um, this murder, though, was probably the most fulfilling, not only because Nagato is finally dead, but because the twist at the end made it worthwhile. I was worried that it would be a really simple trial and that it would be really boring and just walking through the steps since we already knew pretty much that Nagato had killed himself. Um, but then once you figure out that he was trying to expose the traitor, it made it much more satisfying. So I was, um, you know, delightfully surprised by that one. Um, I don't really want to say I've got a new theory because every time I say I've got a theory, it turns out being wrong. And I hate the fact that I keep making new theories on the fly. (laughs) But what I'm going to say is what I think what's happening is that I think this game is still playing opposites. I still think that the first game and the second game have like a, a bit of a mirror effect going on. And if we look back to the first game, The Traitor, I guess if you want to call her that, was the ultimate despair. She was there and she was the one that took their memories away and she was the one that had set everything up and was trying to broadcast everything to make people of the world despair even more after the, you know, end of the world or whatever. But, um, I think the Future Corporation or whatever it's called is doing the opposite. I think that Jackie and, um, Asami or Monami or whatever you want to call them, um, were acting together to bring hope to people. So I don't know if Jackie's going to end up being called the Ultimate Hope, but I feel like that's kind of where this whole thing is going. Um, I don't know if the the Future Corporation, or whatever it's called, is trying to get them to work together in showing the Ultimates of the world how they can, you know, live happily on this island or what, but I feel like that's where they were going until, you know, Monokuma and the Ultimate Despair came in to, you know, destroy all their plans. So anyways, I haven't quite come across the crazy part. It, sounds insane to be saying the crazy part since the entire game is pretty crazy but uh i haven't really come across the part that you guys have been alluding to so i'm excited to see if that's going to happen up next so anyways enjoying the game and i'll talk to you guys later
0: all right thank you jamie for that too bad unfortunately i missed it so um Blame oh. Drew as he screws up everything as he man, always blame, does. Blame Dropbox, man. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah Dropbox, sure. Yeah. <laughs> but um you can follow us all on Twitter. I am at DML Fury. Matt is at R E M G S and Jay is at Batusai J. Uh, you can follow the podcast as well. It's um at Z T G D Phoenix Down. Uh send us emails. Um we uh, are going to be playing we've already kind of locked in the next game which is going to be Mass Effect 2. Uh, John is going to be joining us again, and Matt will also be on this one. Nice. That's uh, a good game. Yeah, I'm going to be transferring my save over from uh, my shepherd, who is a complete and utter asshole throughout the entire game. Renegade for life, baby! That's right. And uh, we'll see how that goes, because I know there's some pretty, pretty good choices in Mass Effect 2 that I... Uh, I'm excited to do as a renegade this time around. And, uh, but yeah, we're going to be doing that. We're probably going to take a week off just because it's new years and stuff like that. And it gives us time to play through massive, some of mass effect and to talk, talk about it. Um, but other than that, I mean, I, I did purchase Wolfenstein, the new order, which means we're probably going to do that this year, this upcoming yeah, year. The runner up. Yeah. The runner up for, uh, for our original, um, votes.
1: You guys never play Wolfenstein?
0: I have never played the New Order. No. Oh, okay. Yeah,
1: that's a uh, that's that's kind of like a gem that people slept on, but it certainly is worth playing. Yeah,
0: I'm excited too because I just beat Doom, and mm. uh, that was a fantastic first-person shooter. Yeah,
1: don't ke- don't tell Ken I, I I haven't
0: beaten it yet. Wow, well, <laughs> it's okay. Though the ending boss, I know Ken said was a bullet sponge, but I just I will say it right here. I beat it on ultraviolence on my first try. How long did wow. it take you? Not long. It, that, that boss is actually not that hard. <laughs> at mm, least I guess the, you, to me you, it and
1: Ken, you and Ken took different approaches or something. Because he talked about it like he fought that boss for like 30 minutes or something.
0: Yeah, no, it took me 10 minutes tops. Okay. That's, was, nice. That's not too bad. Yeah, and the way you kill that boss at the end when you do that glory kill. Ooh, it's so satisfying. Mm. That game is fantastic. Anybody out there should play that game. But don't do it on Ultra Violence because fuck that. I don't know what compelled you to do so in the first place. Because honestly. I'm like a, I'm an old school Doom player, and I was like, fuck, I, yeah, I want to, I want to, I want to feel like I've accomplished something. You know what I mean? I was just like, yeah, I, I'm down for this. That's just to me, it's not about so much about skill beating those kind of
1: games and that kind of difficulty. It's kind of like you have the patience. Good for you. You know what I mean? Like. You can only shoot so well at that point. You're just getting used to the enemy spawning here. You know, you got to kill this guy first and that guy second. It's, it, I don't know. It, I don't find it satisfying. Like I don't want to play Halo and Legendary. That doesn't give me any kind of satisfaction. You know, like fuck, I, I die in like one or two hits, and it's, I can only use a fucking laser pistol to shoot you know shoot off their armor. It just makes the game less fun for me. Yeah, I mean, when I put it in higher difficulty, sometimes. I st- I
0: I still had a really good time with it. And, okay,
1: as long as, long as you had fun, that's fine.
0: Yeah, I had fun, and uh, what I liked about playing on Ultra Violence was, after every fight, it, it felt like a fuck yeah moment, like I fucking did it kind of thing. Okay, and All it was right, it was it, it was fun. It was it was it was um, it was definitely a challenge. I mean, it's very doable. Hell, if I can do it, anybody can do it. But I mean, it, I think I put an extra four hours into that game. Then I would. Is that have. the
1: highest difficulty?
0: That's the highest difficulty until you unlock nightmare. Okay. And I think nightmare. I think it's two hits. You're dead. I'm not certain.
1: All right. Uh, well, you know, to me, as long as you enjoyed it, it's fine. People, you didn't do it because of the whole EPing shit. Like, oh, look what I can do, guys, and then kill your own enjoyment of the game. Like, a lot, that's what a lot of people do, apparently. Yeah. And I just find that.
0: Foolish, but you know, people. Yeah. I had a I made a conscious decision to say, yeah, I want to play this on Ultraviolence. I want to I want to give myself a challenge while playing Doom because I was you know I'm an old school Doom player. Like I, I feel like I've memorized the first few levels of Doom, so it's um it's one of those things. I mean, but I, I've always been more of a Wolfenstein guy, so I'm actually really excited to play the New Order. Yeah, me too. So we'll uh, we'll go with that. But yeah, uh, next game will be Mass Effect Two. Um, We're going to take a week off, but we will be back in two weeks. Uh, But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt.
1: I'm Jay, reminding you to stand tall and shake the heavens.
0: (laughs) And we are out of here. I hope you guys have a great one. Have a happy new year. And we will see you guys in 2017 with Mass Effect 2.